Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello Egg Chasers, this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We're just here in the Rugby Dungeon for another weekend uh, talking about Six Nations. We've got two podcasts this week, this one all about the Six Nations. Merry Sixmas again, gentlemen, JB. Merry, yeah, Merry Sixmas. How are you, Timothy? Oh, very well, thank you. I'm, I'm alright, I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling buoyant. Yeah, I'm alright, I'm, all yeah, I'm content. Uh, and Merry Sixmas, Philip. Merry Sixmas, Tim. Do you think Phil's still um, hair is still Nicholas Sturgeon-esque? I think he, he might well have moved on to... Um, I think... You, you know the episodes of The Simpsons where you see a young Homer? Oh, really? I, I think he might be at young Homer level. I can see that. I was thinking um, a less blonde Pat Butcher. <laughs> it's the longest it's been for a while. Yes, quite. I've got slightly less facial hair than Pat, Pat Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> yes, bigger, bigger earrings though. <laughs> um, I'm glad. I'm, it's, it's lovely to see you, Phil. I, I thought we might not. Uh, we almost didn't. Um, my wife is currently in very early stages of labour, although she's been in very early stages of labour for about thirty-six hours now. And were it not for her amazing parents coming over from Preston to watch over her and rub her back and well, more bring, bring her they things. Want, they wanted to make sure the pod could happen. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I had to stand Absolutely. down I had to stand down John O'Ross today oh. for you. He was about to come over. I said, no, John O, Phil's coming. So well done you. I appreciate it. Uh, and did you, in amongst contractions, get to watch the rugby? Uh, fortunately, I got to watch it all. <laughs> Absolutely. Lovely. Every second of it, because I, I couldn't really go anywhere. Yeah, you, you'll have other children, but you won't have other experiences of that exact match live. Oh, tell me about it. You just so, some interesting games. Uh, enjoyed the first half of the first game, hated the second game, and loved the first half of the third game. So I missed the first game completely. I've not seen any... I've seen highlights, sort of, but I, I really haven't seen much of it. I thought the Wales game was dross. It was dreadful. I mean, it was, it was garbage. All-round garbage. I'm... <laughs> I've not I've not checked the numbers, but that has to be the most direct kicks into touch in a game that I've ever it's seen. Dreadful. I mean, it, just the standard was awful, and from a guy awful. like bigger as well. I mean, I know. you know, he is some player, and just well, actually Italy as well. I mean, hang your head in shame. Why do we? Well, I say we. Why do I? Why do I give people the benefit of the doubt? You never, <laughs> you never should, should you? You never should. I looked at the Italy pack. I thought, do you know, if you're going to do something, boys. 
Today is the day. Yeah. And that Welsh pack they're up against, I mean, they were almost almost as unimpressive. Almost. No bite, no nothing. So yeah. We've got a lot to churn over. Uh, don't forget, you can find us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, or on Facebook, on Instagram, um, YouTube. And, uh, and thank you very much for listening. Tell your mates. Um, so, yeah, we're going to get into, obviously, the three Six Nations games in this one. Um, I, I, we have already got a bunch of questions and a bunch of thoughts, so I'll, I'll try and pepper those throughout the podcast. But there, there's... I, I was sort of thinking, where do you want to start, Phil? Where do you want to start? <laughs> um, well, do you want to do it chron- chronologically? I think... I think the no one wants to talk about Wales. Okay? Well, th- yeah, um, oh, there's, right. there's nothing. Tim wants to talk about the Irish fans. You, you can do that. <laughs> Tim, versus, Tim versus Ireland. No. But I think everyone wants to talk about England. Yeah, everyone wants to talk about England in particular. Um, I, I think a lot of people will be tuned in, having heard last week when England put in arguably the best performance since the last. Well, the best performance in a long time since probably was, their since one of their best performances in the last four years. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah. After yeah, that, probably after, last best in the last eight years. Having heard that, uh, and and you said, look, actually, England, you need to be worried. You need to be worried, England. I still, I still believe this. <laughs> right. Okay. So, well, is, I've got it, an idea. You can, so you can defend your continued pursuit of well, what has what has gone from downfall twenty eighteen to downfall twenty nineteen. But this time, because England was so dominant once again, see if you can do it. If you can actually put a coherent argument together and it makes sense even over this music, uh-huh. then, then I think fair enough. Go. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I can't do it over this music, Tim. I think is the honest answer. That mu- that music was playing when uh, Uge was positioning, wasn't it? Oh, wasn't my it? word. <laughs> when he was ask- like, lining up right, at the 15. Let me just ask a question about Uge, right? You're down by 30 points. If you overturn this deficit, you would have actually overturned the greatest deficit in Six Nations history. Yeah. Wales France, did that last week. Yeah, yeah, which happened to France last week, right? So <laughs> yeah. it can happen. It, it can. Why get rid of him? I mean, you're not going to win. Why not just let him tough it out and have the worst day of his life? Well, I just I remember when I saw the teams, I thought, this is going to go very, very well, surprisingly well, or more likely extremely badly for Jacques Brunel. Because having watched England against Ireland, um, win the game line and then dominate with their tactical kicking. To, he picked a wing at fullback and two centres on the wing. Yes. I mean, Uge does have a good amount of experience at fullback, to be fair. Does he? Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's got yeah, a he reasonable does. amount, but the, the two... It just wasn't good enough. But, well, the two starting to lose fullbacks are... Uh, Ma- I want to say, wanna say uh, Machinod. Um, uh, oh, oh, oh! Who Ma- played Ma- 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 Maxi Medard? No, Medard, Medard, Medard yeah. and Ramos. Yeah. So they're the guys with the most experience for Toulouse. I mean, he, it was a complete wild card, them. wasn't it? Because even when he I mean, look, when he's going forward, he's still very, very good. Oh, I mean, like, the, the way try, he gets out of the, the Perno and... try was yeah. It was all Uge. It was the strength and the speed. Yeah. And the slipperiness. And per- and, and Pernod is very good. I think. I think he's got watching yeah. Pernod play against May. Reminded me of watching Johnny May play against himself when he first showed up. Like <laughs> loads of raw talent, loads of wheels. He might even be a bit stronger, but Johnny May, oh, he just dominated him. He absolutely dominated him. It shows the experience that May has got now. Yeah, because I mean, and this is why you were wrong actually, 
Because you said he was consistently world class. No, now he's consistently <laughs> now world class. Now he is consistently world class. Yeah. Before he wasn't. Before he was inconsistently world class. That's exactly right. Phil was a Johnny May hipster. He, he, yeah. He, he was into him well before ahead. he was popular. Well ahead of trend. Exactly. Slight, slightly too far ahead of trend, I might add. But I want to let's get Johnny May into complete Brexit negotiations because that man can finish a job. <laughs> yeah. Forget <laughs> Teresa. Get Johnny May in. But that, it, that Brunel. So we said about contractual stability last week and keeping um, key pairings together. And unfortunately, because uh, Maxime Mamoz. How oh, Mamoz? Medard. 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 God, why, why can I not. I'm a bit oh, sleep so deprived this weekend. Mamoz. And but Medard. It's Medard. Medard. Okay. Wolverine. Wolverine. So he was unfortunately injured, so they couldn't in the back three. But they they changed so much about that team. But exactly as you said before, Tim, the one thing given England's astute tactical kick in last week that you don't want to mess about with the, is the, your back three. Here's what I don't get: is at Talk H we play games, and it'll be like seven versus seven, or well, actually with our training numbers, you know. Uh, usually 15 on 15. But anyway, let's not get into that. I, d- I don't want to talk about, um, you know, how you well attended the top training is. I don't want to do that. There we go. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you, you play a game and if you can kick to space, you get the ball back. And quite rapidly, at level seven or wherever we are now, people adjust to it. The fact that France did not adjust to it. They didn't just not adjust to it. It's like they refused to. It's like they decided England will not go through us and they didn't. But the trade-off will be they can kick behind us whenever they want. Well, you've exactly hit the nail on the head, although you haven't completed the circle there because the reason England didn't go through them, although England still won the game line, they were absolutely ferocious. mm. They won the collisions on the whole, and yeah, they did. They did. And England were ferocious, won the collisions, didn't make clean breaks through through France, but that's because France had 13 or 14 men in their defensive line. As a result, there's space elsewhere. If France had dropped another man or two back, England would have gone round them. I don't know if they would have, actually. I mean, I the problem I have with this England performance, it is not like the Ireland performance, right? The Ireland performance was actually dominant. That was the sort of performance that you could win a World Cup on. If that was like a World <laughs> Cup final today, you could yeah. win a World Cup on, uh, on, on, on that potential performance. The problem with the, with the France game is, it's almost like there wasn't even enough test of England to show us en- to show us any more. There so, was just nothing there. I I kind of agree with that to an extent. You can only play the team that's in front of you. Yeah. And because England were given so much time and opportunity with that, they, they got so such massive returns every time they kicked in behind that there was no need for them to do anything else. No, why I'm, would you? Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, watching yeah. It and I'm thinking like, oh, England aren't you know England haven't played well. I I still don't think they played well. Because they haven't been able to break down the French team, you know, oh score. Fi- wait, 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 please. Then, then I kind of with you boys and thinking, well, why should they? Because no, they it's did, so unnecessary. But, but yeah. that is. But my point is that they did. This is England. You can watch. You watch the game again. The way I watched it, and I don't think I was watching it one-eyed. No, well, I, 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 I wouldn't imagine that you do. That I too. was. No, I was because I was very much cheering England on, but I was trying to be objective at the same time. England won the collisions. They had quicker ball again, just like last week, on attack, because Tom Curry and Mark Wilson have been absolutely immense. Uh, they they slowed down France enough. The point being, they Owen Farrell had, you know, Owen Farrell had an armchair ride because they won the collisions, but Owen Farrell just was ta- so, tactically world-class. I actually think the guy who was tactically, who set it all up for England, 
It was not Owen Farrell, but a guy who I've given a lot of stick to of late, which is Ben Youngs. I thought it was his box kicking that set the whole thing off. And, you know, that sort of set the tempo for the, for, 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 for the opening try. The only time England had any sort of possession whatsoever, as in, like, sustained pressure, France marched them back 20, uh, 20 metres. Right. Uh, ben Youngs box kicked. Uh, who, 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 uh, who was it? The fullback knocks it on. England, uh, England, England score again. That's the that's the only thing I'm, I'm going to say. It wasn't. It was a great win because <laughs> they they played what was in front of them. Just there so, wasn't enough tests. So are you, are you saying that you can only truly call yourself a, a great performance if you win and have the majority of possession? No, I'm saying you can only time. win and call it a great performance if you're great against great opposition like Ireland. Okay. Do, do, so, do, do, do you not agree with that? Well, no, no, no. No, I hear what you're saying, but what, what, all I'm saying is uh, it, it, it isn't just coincidental that France were particularly poor when they played England, is my point. Is the two aren't unrelated. France were really, really poor, and they're playing against an England team who were ferocious. And, and I mean, there, there, was, there was one moment that probably summarised the whole game for me, and it was Courtney Laws smashing back Matthew Bastero. They brought him into the side to try and get them this go-forward. And that summed oh. up the England pack. They, no, they were like having none of it. Yeah, you send your biggest man right down our channel. We're going to smash you backwards. That's yeah, what they did. The and as a result, Owen Farrell had, an, had a he was just had an armchair ride, unlike um, Johnny Sexton last week and this week against Scotland, mm. where but, he's under all kinds of pressure. Yeah, but even the attack, right? I mean, there were some stages of, of that game where England didn't deal particularly well with the French French offloading game. If, it, if just French mistakes, the mistake count from the French was astronomical uh, but why but why was the mistake well i mean no, this is english they, pressure right they, so they, their mistakes don't exist in a vacuum well in this case they actually they probably do because they're breaking the line um Ira, what's his name Irita, how do you say his name arthur iritaria who is one hell of a skillful player just yeah. throws the ball forward that you know that first break from dupont when he comes on they are carving in england up they throw the ball forward uh, there was one from bastero he just misses the hands of um uh, uh pick pick them all so just throw the ball forward i mean bastero had a two-on-one and throws it into touch. I, it just, I mean, just, it's, there was some, there was some real bad basics, but there was a lot that was down to England pressure. Uh, yeah, and, but they were still. I mean, when when England did really well against them, and when it's night and day between these two teams, it's when they need to be organised and structured. So there's a period of of the game where France are on the England five meter line. You think, well, with their big runners, and they've sort of easily carved up England to get to here. And they just throw the ball, throw the ball forward. It's when, it's when it comes becomes all structured that they're terrible. But equally, there's one little thing that you, uh, you, sh- you should look out for, and that is the speed at which England are. Well, one, England kept the ball in the fi- in field for most of the game. They hardly ever kicked a touch. Secondly, when they did kick to touch, and England had a line out, they were going as quick as they could to get the ball gone again. There was a number of times where yeah. where the cameramen missed the actual ball being thrown in because England I, was getting set and going so fast. Didn't they throw it in and pick them all, smash someone? I, I don't know, but I, but my point being that that's clearly a tactic to go. This we we got this big bunch of lads. We we are going to run them off their feet. So we you know like under fatigue and under duress, the, the basics can go. And I think that's what I think that's what you're describing. There is they were battered. Mm. They were battered. I don't think they. I don't think they were f- physically battered. I think they were <laughs> mentally destroyed. I think they were tactically outgunned. I mean, it was honestly, it was like watching men against boys in terms of tactics I, I think physically you know France held it pretty well but tactically it was rubbish so I, I've got a question rubbish. for you please 
So last week you spoke about England only having one way of playing. Yeah, I thought about this. And the the way that you certainly referred to last week was big ball carriers. Yes. And you said if they lose Billy, Mako, Manu, they won't be able to replicate what they did. Mm-hmm. Now, how much... Because there's a question that this 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 week's performance was purely based on, for me, a tactical kicking game. They got parity or better than parity in other areas, but their tactical kicking was so far ahead of anything that France could control. Now, that to me is a different way of playing. Yeah, it is. And but Is it a different way of playing like, for instance, if they left a 10-metre gap in midfield and never closed it and they just carried on letting you run through it? As in, you'd be daft not to take that. It's sort of like a gift that they've given you, but without you really deserving it. But, but, well, go, well, but going back to what I said a little bit earlier if France did adjust and drop men back then I think Owen Farrell would have clocked that Ashton Johnny May would have clocked that and the ball would have gone in different places so yeah, maybe I, I think there is I mean, we there don't is, know but maybe yeah they could have there is an element of the point you're making which is France was so woefully inept it would have been stupid for England not to exploit it yeah exactly um but in the in the um island game Certainly, two of the tries were brilliant back strike moves. Yeah, and it was phenomenally executed. The one off first phase. Yeah, look, the Ireland game, right? You can look at as a template for how England want to go forward. I don't. All I'm saying about the France games, I don't think you learn any more about England from this game. Every, all the learning was done last game. Well, yeah, and that's kind of where my point is because after the last game, you were quite clear that you think England have only got one way of playing. Yeah, beat but, beat, beat people up. But in that game. They showed, well, I'd probably argue three distinct tactics, all of which contributed to that, which was beating people up, going wide, and tactical kicking, intelligent okay. tactical kicking. This, we did, we kind of saw two of them. We didn't really need to see three of them. But it's just, I guess my, uh, my issue is the argument that they have only got one way of playing is kind of silly because you... They, in in the game that you chose to pick that, they clearly demonstrated no. three separate ways of I, playing. I, no, because the Ireland game, it all comes from that dominant ball carrying. So, you know, I, oh, I, no, no, oh, it does. It absolutely no, does. It, it was it was England slowing down Ireland's ball. It was just... It can, well, the, the England game plan fundamentally is big ball carrying and incredibly hard work. But that okay. that is basically it. Now, once you've got your big ball carriers and you've outworked everyone, every, everything opens. O- Everything opens yeah, up exactly, but you've got to exactly. establish that first. Yeah, I know. So that exactly. is the England game plan. Well, so that is yes, that is, and they did it again today. I, I, the word I used to describe I the so, word I used to describe it was ferocious, and as a result, as I said, Owen Farrell had time, space, and the wherewithal to to look up, see what was around, and and make the right choices as he did last week. The last two weeks, yeah, but Fran- I mean, he like, has been world class. Yeah, but France made more meters than England. I, I don't That's think you're right on that. I, I don't think you're right that England were dominant in 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 the collisions simple as that okay and i don't think that because actually if you look at the stats like the like meters made for instance france actually somehow in a 44 meters made doesn't it, doesn't tell you anything it certainly doesn't, doesn't tell you made. Doesn't yeah it doesn't tell you, you about dominant collisions well it kind of tells you that they no, made more yards so no, that, there, te- there is something in it, that yeah it tells you it doesn't tell you anything about dominant collisions know, okay I, because I'm, I'm, maybe it doesn't maybe it doesn't maybe it doesn't maybe it doesn't in terms of collisions i definitely think that france england you know, in terms of the collisions, we're, rough, okay. we're roughly on par. Things that pop out into my mind are people like, again, Carl Sinclair and Jamie George making amazing ball carries, getting well over the gain line. Um, again, Mark Wilson and Tom Curry enabling really quick ball and slowing down France's. 
and those and people like Courtney Laws absolutely smashing France to bits in a way that no, no France Co- player did to an English player. No, look, Courtney Laws made a big, uh, you know, a classic Courtney Laws hit on Bastro. Everyone's saying, look, this sums up the game. Actually, I think Bastro had a pretty good game, particularly in defence. Uh, where the French problems, li- <laughs> where the French problems are, it's in the backfield. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to, to work this out. Everything else is secondary. All right, to it. okay, fair enough. You said, yeah, it fine. is. You seem to think that one part of the game exists England in a vacuum, unrelated to the rest of it. It's no, all, of course I don't think it's that. It's all a fluid. Of course I don't think ebb that. and flow. Of course I don't think that. That's that's a ridiculous thing. But like, for instance, England didn't even get them all going. I mean, they had good uh, some good opportunities to really get a, uh, you know get. A driving mall, attack France so that way. You, you'd expect them to do something else like that. All right. The fact so here's is, a hypothetical: if, um, but along the lines of what you're saying, if you swap the two back threes, France would have won the game. Oh, tell you what, if France had, no, no, just, just uh, hypothetically, you swap. No, the no, two no, back no. Threes. Let's just no, not, don't even swap the back threes. Throw in a Lee Halfpenny, and you've got a very, very different game. Right. Okay. Good. So I, could, I don't could not so, disagree more. So. I don't necessarily entirely disagree with that. Uh, I think if you'd have had some better positioning for the back three, it would have been a closer game. I still think England on that performance would have won fairly comfortably. It, well, yeah, it becomes a different game then. It, a completely different game. It does. And, and actually, you know, it, it might turn into the game that we had. And I think that's where the England, what maybe England were looking back at, is what happened last year when, when, when we played against France. Well, we got absolutely beat, uh, beaten up around the contact area. So, may, so maybe actually, I am proving myself wrong here by saying, yeah, that they did play that different way because they kicked so astutely tactically. I think. I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I'm. I'm imagining. I don't know. I'm, I may. I may be completely wrong on this, but I imagine there are um, a fair number of people listening thinking, "Why is JB trying to triple down?" I'm not. <laughs> what 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 is the triple down position? Like somehow that wasn't impressive. Somehow it was all down to France being poor rather than England being excellent. Just as last week, well, last week it was yeah that was good. But 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 well, I guess your options like, are... like this is what happens when you when you say downfall twenty eighteen and you aren't willing to go. It's twenty nineteen. Hands, hands I know it's downfall twenty nineteen. <laughs> um, when you when you and you and you're not able to go. Do you know what? How ridiculous do I sound now? Just no. say just say that. No, because <laughs> because I know I know that's an, a a very nice story for you. But frankly, <laughs> um, you know, if I mean, what you're trying to say is either this is the best the best team for England in a hundred years because this is the best result against France in a hundred years, or this is a woefully inept French. Uh, French display, and I think it's a woefully inept French French display. But it, it, no, could, no. it could be both. It could yeah. be a little from two, column two th- A and a little from column B. Be, two things can be true, and one can be the cause of the other. Okay, let's just go back to no, because if you go back to last week, I'm happy to say that this was you know last week was a tremendous England performance. I just, However, you couldn't bring yourself to say uh, full stop. It had to be but but yeah. Here, here's why I'm still right. And watch next week. <laughs> no, but there is always a but, right? And. <laughs> You know, if you look at the island performance, okay, there is very little between the island performance and how England dominated Australia when they win when they win three tests in a row. Very, very little. It's the same sort of game plan. So um, yeah, that that's basically where I am. And this game hasn't taught us anything more about England. Right. I mean, you can grandstand and say, yes, it you has. Know, yes. It, oh my God, how can you say that? 
Yes, it has. Because I, I, I'll actually do a magnanimous thing, and I'll say, I'll, I'll do what you can't do, and I'll say, <laughs> oh, thank you, Tim. And I'll say, I was completely. Allow me to learn. I was completely wrong on one thing, and I, and, uh, and that France game cemented to me how wrong I was on Elliot Daly not being an international fullback in the context of this England team. He one hundred percent is. And the reason I say that is when you have a team that is so ferocious at the game line and forces the opposition to make kicks when they're under pressure and under duress, as Conor Murray and Johnny Sexton were forced Indeed. to last week, and as France's back uh, para and uh, Lopez were forced to this week, that means he's going to have broken field to run into. And also for that first try, the way that he he came onto Ben Young's pass, spotted the opportunity, and I reckon if it was Mike Brown... He would have put his head down and just run straight and probably made a good run, but gone straight. Elliot Daly, footwork, jinked, saw a bit of space, kicked it through, Johnny May scored. So I was, I'm was i totally wrong on Elliot Daly. Oh, well and done. Very magnanimous. Um, so it's, it's interesting, actually, that on the back three, England's back three, now this is going to sound a little bit stupid, but I don't think they came into the game anywhere near as much as I thought they might. And the reason I say that, so that... that Daily break for the the first May try was absolutely superb, and Johnny May obviously got a hat trick. Ashton got um, at least one assist, could have got a, a couple of tries, but the person who was receiving the ball most at fifteen when they were kicking to France and then putting pressure on France, and France were putting awkward kicks back. The guy receiving the ball most in that deep position was actually Owen Farrell. Yeah. And Owen Farrell was playing so deep because it was working so well. And then uh, kind of my my, uh, my wife laughs at me when she's watching me. She watches me watching rugby. And if it's a team that I'm supporting, mm-hmm. so England or Ulster, one of the things that I'll always sh- kind of uh, unconsciously start muttering to myself if someone kicks the ball is, you've got to find grass, you've got to find grass, you've got to find grass. <laughs> and the amount of space and the amount of, Grass that Owen Farrell was finding was just incredible. It was amazing. But but you found it was amazing. We've all played rugby to a level, whatever level it is. But and and the there are truths which exist across all levels, but international more so. You can only make those little prods. You can only make those. Oh, look up! Oh, there's a bit of space. Take that kick if you are winning the ball and the collisions, which England did. And that's why I maintain I've, that's how the last two weeks, that, that's the consistent between the last two weeks. I, They're I, so ferocious that Owen Farrell's just in an so the only thing we disa- and, and Ben Young. So the only thing that we, di- that we disagree with, right, is that we agree that England won all the collisions against Ireland and that's where all the successful kicking came from and that's where all of the panic came from from Ireland for their terrible kicking. And that's the parallel I draw between last week and this but week. But actually, I don't even think England needed to do that and I don't think that they did. And that's the, that's the only difference. Other than that, it was a good... It's a very solid England display. They did exactly what they needed to to win. Uh, you know, yeah. I, you've got to ask you what. I mean, for me, it's not really about this game. Is not about England. It's about France. And where do they go? All the questions now are on the shoulders of France. Like it's it's so a travesty so that, of rugby. That, that is a good question, actually. So when you were chalking up on the whiteboard, France to win France the six, to win the Six Nations. Yeah. When well, you, did you did you, you mean back, win the wooden spoon? <laughs> can I just say there is a small um, silver lining to this which is I actually did back myself and put a bet on for France to win the Six Nations <laughs> should have waited and betted now no this is no word odds. of a lie this is no word of a lie I put on the wrong bet so my betting count actually has 
France to come last in the Six Nations. <laughs> so I might have actually uh, managed to get myself into a very favourable position here. That, that, wooden, <laughs> that wooden spoon playoff against yeah. in Rome against Italy. Yeah, it could be a. It could be a okay, just just a, just a question on yeah. the on your prediction. So we did we watched the England game together in uh, Madrid last year, England France. Yes, we did. Yeah, uh, which was a dominant performance by mm, France. It was. We have watched several other France performances together. Uh, they've won going into the tournament. They'd won three in the last sixteen games. What inspired you to pick this French team well, with this coaching setup and this set of leadership on the back of three and sixteen to win the Six Nations? So, I'm actually semi sort of rosy about France still. So, on the one hand, I say. It's a travesty of rugby. It, it is a travesty, right, of, rugby. A travesty I'm, of rugby. I'm with you on that. But what else can you do with them? So I don't think you can get a foreign coach. A lot of Twitter lit up and said, get Gatland in there, get Schmidt in there, get whoever it is in there. I don't think you can do it. Because I don't think they understand how the French play. That's the first thing. And also, French rugby isn't intrinsically bad. We know this because we see some really good teams like Racing, who are about as French as you possibly can get albeit with a, with a couple of world world superstars in there too. But they've always got like a Klassens in there or, you know, um, yeah, there's a lot of French players that still play harassing. They've, they've got a good sprinkling of uh, foreign, talent. foreign talent yeah, as well. Yeah, but if you watch how they play, it's all brutal around the sides of the rucks, lots of offloads. I mean, it's very, they, very they, French. They are just a very good, they're, yeah. they're, they're a modern rugby team, I'd say. Rather than identifying those as French, they do everything. You don't get to... Uh, the Heineken Cup Which final a, last well, year. There's a game I was watching this season. I thought, wow, that's that's pretty cool. How they just you know, break the line, offload, break the line, offload, and that's what yeah, France that, have got to that do. That is good. Yeah, now, that is good Frenchness. I do not know of a coach in the Southern Hemisphere or an Anglophile, if you want, who understands that style of rugby well enough to go in there and get the best out of France. And I think if you to rip it up and give them a Warren Gatland though kind of like what happened to uh, Bernard Jackman at Grenoble there's going to be an absolute uproar there's going to be you know uh, a revolt blood running in the street you know it's just not going to happen so it needs to be a French coach now when it nearly when it goes right it's spectacular even today even today with everything that went wrong and and the score you did see bits like um the one try uh, oh, come that, on. The one try, one try. The one try well, was, was superb. You know, du- that, that for me was about it. Uh, Dupont's break as soon as he comes on? Yeah, D- Dupont, Dupont um, and Girardo made a couple of good breaks. But the, I mean, the, the fact that you make those good breaks, there's probably three, two Girardos and one Dupont. Well, I've got three. And, and you don't finish them off. So yes. it's, a one in, it's a one in four strike rate. That is just... Uh, international rugby, that is unacceptable. So like, they can break the line and they can offload. And I just wonder, like, if, do they just need more time? To, because the talent's there. And everyone says uh, that it's not there. Maybe these players aren't as good as you say they are. No, no. These players are as the good talent, as we think. The talent is there. The talent there. is there. I just think they need more time together as a unit, maybe. I, I don't know. Jumping back to, jumping back to England, I'm, I'm, I'm still not getting ahead of myself. I know there's a long, long way to go. Oh. And a big test is going to be in Cardiff. Huge. And obviously a World Cup is a different matter altogether. Um it did seem like some of the pundits were getting a little bit ahead of themselves. Yeah, definitely. It does feel it does feel like that's starting to crank up again. I'm definitely not. However, there's a few things. One, daily at fullback, I'm fine with that. Although uh, 
the Cardiff test. He's definitely going to get the tested. One. That is yes. That, that's the it's test of him. Agreed. So I'm not. I'm not completely saying because I think that would be a perfect Mike Brown occasion. However, if England can be that dominant physically again, I think it'll be all right. But uh, the center centers is looking like it's shaping up, and even if Teo comes in and Tuilangi is injured again, I'm quite happy with that. Slade looks like he might have answered that again. A really yep. really competent performance. And the other one. And again, if you think back about all the umming and ahhing. And how many people said Farrells shouldn't play 10? Oh my goodness me. He is the best 10 on the planet. It's, right, right now. It's between today. him, him and... You, he's the best player, planet, 10 on the planet today. Well, it, on the, like Johnny Sexton has not been Johnny Sexton. No. In, it, for two games. For two games. Yeah. I mean, look, if you're going to uh, put one, your house One of on which it, he only played 30 minutes. If you're yes. going to put your True, house good point, on it right now, would you pick Farrell as your first choice number 10? Yes. I'm still going Sexton all day long I, on that one. I, prob- I probably am still going Sexton, but it's very, very, very close. I think these these two Farrell performances, and I think you, you point out on Twitter, Tim, the fact that... So I was terrified of Farrell being made captain because I've, I've seen him before where the pressure's come onto him and he's crumbled and he's done stupid things. And you, the stupid things that Owen Farrell does, the belligerent, the backbiting, the mouthing off at the referee, the no-arms tackles, that kind of stupid thing. And it seems in a similar way to when Eddie made Dylan Hartley captain uh, three years ago, it actually seemed to calm him down a little bit. And Dylan Hartley went for this long stint without doing anything stupid, without getting Mm. a yellow card. Without playing for Northampton? (laughs) 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 That's still ongoing, that that current position. I think Eddie Jones seems very zen compared to how he normally is at the minute as well. It, it's, it's when he's winning. Yeah. For, the, for the first 12 months, he was the happiest bloke in rugby. And he, he had a bit of sport with, when journalists were asking him hard questions, he'd have a bit of sport with them and laugh at them. Whereas last year, during the uh, the JB downfall period, yeah, you're right. he was he was not taking it well. Nope. And they were getting on top of him and he was really biting back. Not to go all gone. When they were really, really good, I I, re- I bought into them big time. And I, you know, the day that it sort of came crashing down was when we're all in Romania watching Ireland, England, and then that plan failed, and then it sort of went downhill from there, sort sort of. They are back to being as good as they were. Uh, I just don't think they're they're undefeatable. All right, so they're, they're definitely not undefeatable. And the the bit the no, bit that I have, and, and we we kind of alluded to there. So in Cardiff, it will be very very different and part of the reason why I say it'll be very different is having a fullback like Liam Williams compared to either Uge or Henshaw as kind of stand-in auxiliary fullbacks so he's a fullback who reads the game brilliantly he well he does he is rapid and will pick a gap but he's also not got a bad boot on him so it, that that will have to change that England's reliance on kicking that they have for the last two games. It'll be interesting to see how they cope with that. So let's imagine we're in the uh, we're in the Wales war room at the minute, and we are Warren Gatland, Robin McBride, and who else is? Oh, um, what's his name? Rob Howley. All oh, right, right ha- ha- Han. No, no, it's not. Rob Howley's still there. Rob Howley's. Oh yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and what's his face? Yeah. Oh, English Northerner Rugby League. Sean, oh, Sean Edwards. Sean Edwards. Yeah. Well, hang on. Well, you know what happens in that war room? Everyone shuts up and Gatlin gets to work. <laughs> that, that's it, isn't it? Gatlin gets. So, okay, so what does Gat- what's, what's Gatlin telling the others that they're going to do? I don't know, but it's going to be fiendishly clever. Gatlin is one hundred percent the man to undo Eddie Jones. 
I don't think he has the team to do it. And I think when they come, when battle is joined, if England show up like they did against Ireland, I th- I, it's oh, going to be a, so, so a heavy my, day for, for Wales. I, here's one for me. Like I, I don't know how, exactly how they do it, but they've, they've got to get to Ben Young's. Yeah, because he's had two two good games, mm. and England have played very well. And he is the one. Quite often, when England don't play well, you go, "God, Ben, he's a good barometer for England." Shocker. Yeah, yeah, hundred. Yeah, agree with that. And he's had two of his best games yeah. that, that I've seen him play. That I've ever seen him play. Actually, and if there's one area, of, if there's one position where you think Wales actually have got the manpower to unsettle, it would be back row unsettling a scrum off. Yeah, but the yeah. back row. I mean, their options are limited now with all the injuries. Navidi is a Good club player. Yeah, they got Tipperick and uh, Tipperick is a world class operator. Exactly, exactly. Who else? Who, who? Moriarty is a good workhorse. Yeah, I mean, look, if if you said it's going to be Tipperick, uh, yeah, fine, Mo- Moriarty, Falatau, all of a sudden I'm rubbing my hands and thinking, yeah, yeah, it's you know, it's on, it's good, it, it's on. Uh, but that isn't what they're going to put out, and I think they're going to box kick the shit out of it. Yeah, uh, I, I, so I think they'll start bigger. I think there'll be boxes and bombs, and there'll be a very ferocious kick chase. It's interesting because the just moving off England for a second, moving on to Wales. I don't want to talk about that game particularly. No, but the selections were very interesting, and I read a piece. Uh, it's a little while ago, and it was uh, an interview with Nicky Butt when he was obviously playing for Man United. So one of the things he said was, because he was always, he was in the great teams of United, but he was never really starting in the great teams for United. Mm. But he was talking about, Ferguson would have a word with him, and he wouldn't be talking about like one game in advance or two games in advance. He'd be looking at kind of three games in advance, and we've got this special role and this special tactics for three or four games in advance, and you are going to be absolutely critical and key to, to that particular game plan. And when I was, I, it, the Gatland selection against Italy, picking the second string, reminded me a little bit of that. And it mm. reminded me, Gatland's w- focus this weekend was not on Italy. No. His focus, the whole squad's focus, will be on that England team. The way that England team has played, and where Wales' they, strengths can be to defeat that England they're team. They're not in the group stages together, no. are they? England and France are. France. Wales and Australia are. Ireland, Scotland. Is, is South Africa New Zealand? Yeah, it is. You're right. So I know I don't quite know how they're going to do it. Well, maybe have a think uh, before next week's pod when we're predicting it. Have a, have a look back over the game I just, tape. But it, I think they will. They will have something. They'll have a little trick. Yeah, I mean they've always got something. I mean, England, Wales have a similar problems to England, which is all, which is they're completely reliant on a handful of players. Now, if you remove uh, Ken Owens or Alwyn Jones or both of them from the team, that pack is completely insipid. It has no bite. It has no ferocity. It has nothing. No leadership as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty important that those two play. Yes. You know, if they get everyone out, they might be able to hold down England. I just don't. I can't see it. I just can't say. I think England are all going to be far too physical for them. Just, just jumping back, um, Boris de Chundera uh-huh. uh, has tweeted uh, a screenshot that he took um, of yours previously, JB, where you say, and I quote, JB, if Farrell is captain, this is going to be a dreadful Six Nations. 
This is you on the 17th of January. If Farrell is captain, this is going to be a dreadful Six Nations. Lots of chippy behaviour, protesting and ref, uh, protesting to the ref and hunting for high shots. You have been warned, England. Well, you know it's still the same. But you know if he's not under any pressure, he's not going to do it. You know he can, he can afford to be an angel. But it wasn't that long ago that we were in the autumn, and that's exactly what he did. It wasn't that long ago that I watched him at the AJ Bell, Bell and it's exactly what he did. Yeah. So um, and on that. Um... Michael Walsh has tweeted at Rugby Podcast and said, JB, what's your preferred flavour of humble pie? Oh, good. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you also, you bet on uh, Global Bro Sports. Our WhatsApp group? Uh, a rugby WhatsApp group that we're in together. One of many. Uh, that You bet two pints with our dear friend, friend of the pod, CJ, that, that Italy would beat Wales. Yeah, didn't happen either. When are you going to be recorded and when sending, I'm out sending those pints? When I'm out when you... <laughs> um, And... Uh, oh yeah, so before we before we leave England, France, uh, Johnny Wilkinson, have you noticed how he's sort of becoming slightly less dishevelled every week? Last week, it, it looked like he had hat hair. Yeah, he it did. looked like he'd been wearing a woolly hat. Took it off just before he went on telly. This year, he's, he's got this Smart week he's enough. got a haircut, but like his his beard's sort of a little bit dishevelled. He's sort of getting gradually more handsome through the tournament. Almost as, a, almost as if his wife has started wa- watching him on TV. And thought, like, <laughs> no, 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 you are not going out in that. Exactly, and his mum's watching him. <laughs> And so I what, think I think Wilkinson and Brian O'Driscoll are two of the best. Why they is are. they are? Why is Sir Clive Woodward so maligned for his analysis? Well, no, I, I, I'm I'm maligned Sir Clive Woodward for wearing a tie with a button-down collar. I mean, that's just basic, isn't it? It is basic. <laughs> you can wear a tie. You wear a, a whatever that type of collar is that you wear ties with. Hang on, no, no. But let's just go, go back to that because he gets a lot of stick. And for my mind, like he is probably one of the. Best rugby intellects of a generation. Well, so, so there's. there's... I'll, 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 well, I answer this, but tie it in with a, a question that we've been sent on Twitter, which was basically saying that. Uh, oh, so I'm going to find the, the the name of the person. Bear with me. Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, Witty Ed Ed has said ITV coverage is getting an earful on Twitter in brackets cesspit. <laughs> do you think it's justified as I think the coverage is good and you you already started the point I would have made to that which is like it's got Bod and Johnny Wilkinson for goodness sake but carry on with Sir Clive as well well Sir Clive is interesting because Sorry. <laughs> thank you so unquestionably in 2003 he was streets ahead of everyone yeah so how do I answer this the best way so I went to a law seminar on Tuesday last week and I was chatting to one of the guys who presented it beforehand. I, did, I hadn't met him, but just chatting kind of uh, over a coffee. And really nice bloke, got on very well with him. And he started presenting and he didn't... So he's explaining a uh, limitation of liability in construction contracts. So what is quite a basic principle. But he explained it in a way that... Even though I understand the principle, I couldn't get the points that he was making because he didn't make his points accessible. Now, to to move that forward to Sir Clive Woodward, I don't question that he his insight and his analysis and his rugby <laughs> intellect is incredible. But for me, he never explains it or doesn't often explain it. So I get the picture that he's seeing. And that's something that I think certainly Bod is one of the best at. I think... Um, Ben Kay does something similar. Flatman does something similar. Uh, Austin Austin Healy. Austin Healy is the best. Austin Healy Simply the best. He is the best. Austin Healy, ninety percent of the time, yes, there is ten percent where he makes these kind of uh, was bel- it, like the points. There was a great one with Sapuongo. He's like he will never 
you know, you can never score from that sort of yeah, position. Or yeah, yeah. But, but you always like double downs and triple downs yeah. on them. But yeah, so that's the bit for me that maybe it's because I'm so far behind Sir Clive Woodward in terms of rugby intellect, but he doesn't explain it in a way I, that I get I it. I wonder if it's kind of like asking the CEO of AstraZeneca to explain the intricacies of developing a cancer drug at laboratory level. So like, yeah. you know, Sir Clive Woodward assembled this great team. He has coaches doing this, that and the other. He has analysts, he has everything. But actually, what his role was, was to bring this team together and then oversee the whole thing like a CEO. And actually, maybe he doesn't get the ins and outs of you know, the the ruck or, or exactly... Well, or maybe he's very good at explaining it to experts. Yeah. Because he's explaining it to a guy that is an expert at managing the I ruck. I want this outcome. Go and get me that outcome. Yeah. It's just... I don't know if anyone else gets that feeling. And maybe it's on me. Maybe it's on him not explaining it in a in kind of layman's terms. Mm. But I guess that's the whole point of broadcasting rather than narrowcasting, isn't it? It is, yeah. Oh, I, I, I love ITV's coverage and I choose it over BBC. Uh, 100%. 100%. So I don't get the criticism. Yeah, and people go, people lazily going, oh, there's an advert before kickoff. I like the advert. What else am I going to do? Well, At least but, show me what goods and services like I, I could possibly purchase. <laughs> but equally, and being someone that works in commercial radio, this always bugs the crap out of me. One, you see shed loads of adverts on the BBC for their own stuff. Yeah. But you don't think of them as adverts. Oh, the BBC podcast out? What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the number of times, God, when I used to do a breakfast show and I'd I'd sit down on like a Sunday night getting ready to, to go to work and do my breakfast show the next morning and there'd be an, a massive primetime advert for my competitor about 9pm <laughs> on, on BBC One. Oh, right, that's about half a million quid's worth of advert right there. Yeah, cheers. Great, cheers, thanks for that. Um, no, but, but so we, you see adverts and you don't think about them as adverts. But secondly... Um, um, it's not free. The BBC's not free. You're paying for it. Don't stop me, Tim. Why so, are you doing this? Why are you doing so, this? Why are, so you, why are you needling me in it, this way? Stop so it. It winds me up. Stop the, it. The, stop it. The narrow-mindedness. It's fantastic that it's on terrestrial look, TV. Look, it's fantastic here, it's on terrestrial TV, and I think ITV are, do, yeah. are nailing it. Here's the point that, that I make, right? <laughs> Same with club owners, too. They go, oh, yeah, you, you, too much sponsorship, or you know, uh, clubs are at the whim of a, you know, a club owner. I'm like, who do you think pays for all this? You know, It isn't free. It isn't the fans coming through the gate. There's simply not enough money. There's not a stadium big enough and fans willing enough to pay that much in order to pay for all of this stuff which we all enjoy. So, you know, calm down and just watch it. And don't get upset because you've got one advert or two adverts before kickoff, which you would do nothing for anyway. That said, um, you know, if you want... The, well, we've got an amazing situation where you can you can support the podcast and get something amazing for yourself. Yeah, well. speaking That's of awesome. adverts. That's with, awesome. with Cornerstone, uh, who are, we believe, the best razor that you can get. And there's plenty of reasons not to like other razor brands because they're trying to throw politics down your throat when all you want is a really, really good shave around your throat mm-hmm. so get a cornerstone razor in a beautiful presentation box delivered to your door with six fantastic razors in a in a lovely cornerstone cartridge with your free aluminium engraved shaft your initials on it be a perfect present um or you know maybe drop a hint that your missus should get it to you for valentine's day whatever what wonderful Ooh, yes cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers that's cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers four quid less than a pint get involved or, of course, if you go to the checkout, it is Egg 10 at checkout. Yes. Very good. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Excellent. Are there any? Does anyone want to make any more points that we've not already made about Italy Wales? You, I mean, just as disappointing for Italy. It's disappointing for both teams. So Italy not getting a losing bonus point, neither team getting a four try bonus point in what was described before kickoff as near perfect conditions to play rugby in. Yeah. Uh, neither team seeming to have kind of the desire or the capability to play enough rugby to get four tries in near-perfect conditions. They were, they were both rubbish. Um, they were just both rubbish. Uh, Italy were really disappointing because you'd have thought that they would seize on this opportunity. Their pack actually is pretty good on paper. And they were about 10 kg heavier than Wales. Not that size is everything, but you know they are athletic, they're fit, they're good forwards with loads of experience. And on the Welsh side, you have lads like Elliot D, who will be good in a few years' time, but he's not there yet. You know, you got uh, that, that wasn't one of the British Lions, Elliot D, was it? Oh no, 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 no. Uh, Kristen Dacey. Yeah, um, not God, all... they've got that many good players. They can leave British Lions, not Amazing. even in the squad. <laughs> you know, like Wainwright, Adam Beards in there, Jake Ball, people like that. I mean, good club players, not amazing in amazing internationals. And it's like they just couldn't be bothered to put it to them. It couldn't. They just. I don't know why they were. You know, they were so flat, but they just were. So uh, overall, do you think, and hindsight's twenty twenty, but when you actually look at the big pictures of the World Cup, do you think Gatland made too many changes, which st- sort of uh, stunted the the continuity, and that could be a problem going ahead to England when presumably there'll be loads more changes back? Or looking at the bigger picture in the World Cup, do you sort of say, fair enough, actually, that we, we could look, look back on that as a, br- a masterstroke? Um, too many changes for me. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm more inclined to go with the former. I, I would have liked to see uh, half the number of changes, perhaps. Yeah, Gatlin's a big picture guy, and I tend to give him the benefit of the doubt for everything. And I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for this as well, because he's the best coach maybe ever. So, um, you know, he can do what he wants. If he you know, Like, the team's performance was woeful. You see, he still won. And I'm guessing what you'll take from that is you can't play international, you can't play international, and you can't play international. But maybe there is something from one of those players where he says, actually, yeah, you're good enough. Um, and then it'll, it'll be worth it because he's got uh, a Six Nations win and hopefully he's going to have a couple more options come the World Cup. And I think that's the overall strategy. The, the problem I would have with that statement is <coughs> if you've made that many changes, however many it was, 10 plus changes to a, a first 15 and you've got combinations that have never played together yeah. and are never likely to play in any normal circumstances, how can you isolate and say... Not good enough. Not it's, good also enough. Not, it's also not fair for the player, is it? Yeah, exactly. That, I that's, completely agree with that. That is my point. And so, like Jonah Holmes is a good example. Yeah, don't think he played particularly well. Don't think he's. A, I don't. Honestly, he's a very good club player, but is he an international? Time, oh, time will tell. Probably, may, maybe I don't know. But he's got 
a lot better chance of playing international if the full Welsh pack is out and you know he's on the end of you know great ball and so on and so forth. Yeah, exact. Uh, that is my exact point. T- Tom Young's as well. Yeah, T- sorry, Thomas Young. Thomas Young, um, who is a great player. I really, really like Thomas Young. Uh, he did not have a particularly good game. He got pinged no. a number of times. He scored. He took his try. He, oh no. He did, it was disallowed, wasn't it? I can't remember. I honestly can't. I, it, he took this, the try that was disallowed well. This, this, this game is so badly faded in, in my mind. <laughs> I, I seem to remember him kind of growing into the game, actually. He did do all right around the breakdown towards the end. He got a couple of good steals. He got one very good steal, actually, where he went underneath the body rather than... Yeah, on, he got but, pinged a couple it. of times for it, though, yeah. for not either not listening to the referee, where you'd get the extra second at club level, you don't get it. Josh Navidi is... 100% not an 8. Yes, correct. Uh, he's very energetic. Um, I, the guy I'd like to see more of is Seb, is Seb Davis. I think him coming into the Welsh team would be good. Uh, and I didn't really think much of the scrum half. Um, Allard Davis. Allard Davis. Yeah. Truth be told, so there you go. And about Dan Bigger was... Dan Bigger looked not very much like Dan Bigger. Yes. At all. You, some, you used to make the point of... If you put him in the squad with Dan Carter and Johnny Wilkinson, that is so true. And Johnny Sexton, he'll be the best. Yeah. Which this does. This is a reverse example of that. Yeah. You put him in no the squad with Elliot Dean and Wayne Wright, slices it into touch. Um, just doesn't care. He doesn't care enough. It's not yeah. big enough for him. Yeah. He's got to start bigger against England. I think. I think he will do. Hundred percent. And as poor as bigger was. Although it was interesting to see the kind of reverse stability, uh, bigger off the bench against France. Because I would say you want Anscombe to come off the bench because if yep. there's a broken field runner, he's more explosive, more exciting, can open up more opportunities. But if you want to be to close out the game, if you get a lead or get close to a lead and you want someone to close out a game, there, there are a few better than bigger. I, I, Anscombe, uh, people think he's a second coming. I, I just don't. I, I don't think he is. I think um, Pratchell is going to be the more attacking option. If you wanted to do that, I'd stop with Pratchell and then... Uh, bring on bigger, or do you know what I'd do? Start bigger and then finish with bigger. That's a good option. That's that is my number one option for pretty much everything that Wales do. Yeah, and if if bigger gets injured, you get Anscombe on for a bit. You get some painkilling injections into bigger. Exactly, you give him a blood capsule. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you fix him up. Yeah, you've <laughs> got to get him back on the field. There you go. Um, have we, talk, have we talked enough about Wales? And Italy We've now? talked way, way, way too much about <laughs> Just, Wales. Italy. Before, before we move on to Scotland, Ireland, there's a couple of things I forgot. One, um, Sinclair when he did the little hit on the top of the head. There's, oh, I, stupid! It was, but did you not see? What, so what, Kyle what Sinclair, it, though, isn't it? Iteria did before. He he, he sort of well, swiped him across the face. So that that was interesting. It goes back to your point last week about the French TV crew not showing replays of the events. That, that incriminated French players. Yeah, the English uh, TV, the media, didn't show Sinclair getting slapped when Nigel Owens was asking for the yeah. footage. He did get a slap. Did he get a slap? He did get a what, slap. You know, so I, I didn't see it. He did get a slap. Yeah, but yeah. Sinclair is an adult. Okay, he's an adult and an international rugby player. Just don't do it. He also just like he didn't punch him. He just sort of grabbed. Yeah, but just don't touch people's heads. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, Lee, didn't James Haskell get yellow carded for that? 
Yeah, but it's so, it's, that would be a soft yellow card if you got one for that. Anyway, he of course yeah. it would be, but who says it's not Sir like Clive World was, Cup final? Sir Clive was saying he should have done. Yes, I take your point. I think he probably should have. Uh, and also, if it's a closed fist, uh, that for me is a yellow card. No yeah, matter how yeah. much force there is, closed, closed fist. Closed fist he, he yeah, just, he, he grabbed the scrum hat. But, uh, hang on, who got the yellow card for pulling the scrum hat off? I don't know. It hasn't. Was it Mauler? Did Mauler pull the scrum hat? Cap off Haskell. Yeah, off Haskell. Uh, yes, he did. Did no. Has someone got a yellow card for that? He can't do that, sir. He can't <laughs> oh, do that. That was that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then that, uh, no, he's good water. Yeah, yeah. That was it. And then Mauler must have got a yellow card for that. No, surely not. Someone's scrum hat went, and Mauler doesn't wear a scrum hat, right? So someone threw James Haskell's scrum hat. One of those two gets yellow carded. And the funny thing is, when Haskell says you can't do that, squirting the water, at, uh, squirting the water at me. I'm pretty sure Danny Kerr picked up a water bottle and squirted water at him, which is bloody brilliant. Yeah. Uh, the other one is, I think it was in the huddle, just England have started having a huddle at half-time before they go in. And there was this lovely moment. I, I, I'll have to go back and watch it again. I don't, I, th- I don't think I imagined it. I might have got the moment wrong. But Mark Wilson, you hear, you hear the, ca- the camera's right near him, and you hear Mark Wilson just go, how good is this? <laughs> <laughs> I just really love it. And have you seen what people have been doing with his Wikipedia page? Uh, yes, yes, I have. Mark Wilson says he can play either blindside flanker or at number eight. He's an absolute physical specimen with the potential to be the toughest man in world rugby. <laughs> no no nightclub bouncer could take on this unit, <laughs> etc. Did you see the video of um, England on the Watt bike with Mark yes. Wilson going for it? No. Oh, it's a good video. You'll appreciate it. Some good triceps. I, I really video. do like Wilson. I, mean, I, you know, I wish England was more... I wish there was, was more so Wilson about, in England. I, I, again, I, I was wrong about Daly. I was wrong about Wilson. You weren't oh. wrong about Wilson. You've been talking about Wilson for four years. No, I have I, ne- I didn't think he'd be. Th- I didn't think he'd be this good for England. Um, I, I never. I, I've, been I, ta- I've been talking Rob Shaw and I, how much I love. Rob I Shaw. honestly think right. The first time that we mentioned Wilson for England was when we were in the. I distinctly remember it in XFM Studios. So we were talking about two or three years ago that we were calling for oh, yeah, at yeah. least. Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, no. I've always said he's great, but I, I never thought he'd be this good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it would be difficult to imagine, actually, that you could have this much of an impact. Yeah, but I, it's, I, it's part of it is that back... So, the back row right now is near perfect balance now, for a back row. I don't want to divide the country here, because God knows there's enough dividing the country as, <laughs> as it is already. But do you think part of Mort Wilson's appeal is... Yeah, sorry if you're down south... That, Northern grit, just like you know, <laughs> like same as uh, you know, the best of Owen Farrell is that horrible northernness, and the worst is you know the fact that he's been down at Saracens and he's a bit chippy now. Whereas like <laughs> Wilson is you know is that pure Cumbrian workmanlike, gritty, tough, nails hard, but he he doesn't pipe up too much. He's he he's grateful to be there, and I think a lot of guys yeah. sort of forget that gratefulness. Just gets on with it, doesn't he? Just gets on with it. Really I'm not sure how much I'd attribute to the uh, northernness. Uh, about 100%? 80 to 90%. What about the Curry boys? Yeah, again, hard, northern lads. Cheshire. Che- well educated. I, I was going to say, they're not so northern, are they? I mean, they're, they're incredibly talented and they're, and they're born they're born in Cheshire. The, born and raised in Cheshire. But they're, they're, they're not gritty. They're somewhere. not gritty. Oh, they are pretty gritty, mate. They were they were educated at a very good school. It's not gritty. They weren't in the gritty north. <laughs> no, 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 they no, were no. not. No, no, they weren't. They're not rugby league north, are they? <laughs> no, as, 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 as we call it. No chance. <laughs> not uh, that gritty. Come on. Yeah, hang on. They're more Chalton they're more Chalton where you live than Oldham where you work. No, they're more like Sandbatchy, I guess. Exactly. 
But uh, hey, Diamond thinks that they're gritty, and Diamond knows a thing or two about gritty oh, players. He's, he's, oh, don't get me wrong, on the field, he's as gritty as anyone. Mm. As he proved by trying to get the uh, trying to get the England flag literally on his face. Oh my word! That's with, with the blood. I, I tell you now, I reckon all but one of the papers will lead with that image on the back page. I'd say so, wouldn't you? It wouldn't surprise me. It's a hell of an image. It is amazing. It's mm. just how quickly it opened up. Yeah, because you watch the hit, and I think it was was it um, That's the picture. Yeah. It was either Ramos or Entomac, or maybe Pernod. It was one of those young French uh, outside backs carried the ball in, and it was a clash of heads. It was either Entomac, I think it was actually. Was it? It was chin on head, chin on forehead. But it just opened up in seconds. And the best thing about Tom Curry, of course, is that there's two of them. <laughs> there's two of them, and you know the other one might not be Ben might not be getting much uh, airtime now because he's stashed away in deepest darkest sail, but he's also a very very good player. Very good player. Well, that's probably a good point to say, to remind you that we will have two podcasts this week. One about domestic rugby, where we'll be talking, uh, looking ahead to the Premiership, which returns this weekend, and a little bit of a salary cap deep dive. Mm, indeed. Which um, has been on a lot of people's minds after the, the, the signing of Elliot Daly to Saracens. Yeah. So we'll get into that. So just just hit subscribe on the feed and uh, and keep an eye out for that one. But Scotland Island, I love this game. Loved the first half. First half, yeah. I was playing second team rugby, so I didn't see it. Mm. Not that I was dropped. Uh, there was no first team, just FYI. You just wanted a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't dropped. <laughs> you didn't drop yourself. I did not drop myself. And I played on the wing, too. Nice. Would you like to hear uh, what the message was from my uh, from my ex-coach after watching me play? Go on. Well, I'm not going to read you the whole thing, because that would be humble bragging, but I'll, work, um, I'll read you the first part. You've not got great speed or fitness anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you crossed the whitewash, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. It was class. Oh, there, there, there is a second. There is a, however, but I'm not going to read you that. <laughs> you like a young Matt Banahan? Um, as more like Matt Banahan giving Waisaki Naholo a piggyback. If that improved them in any way, <laughs> if that was a, if that was an advantage. <laughs> <laughs> no, to, 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 be, to be fair, I'd describe my style of players, Matt Banahan, if Matt Banahan was playing level seven second team rugby. Is there a little bit you feel that would be curious to know? I wonder what I'd be like if I just went out and pulled a strip on and played next weekend. Well, we know. We saw it in America. Oh, yeah. First touch of the ball. JB break, breaks through. Offloads to me. Boom. Try. I do the rest. Game over. Should have come. It was, it, was, it was a great weekend. Admittedly, that was just about the lowest standard of rugby I've ever played. To be honest... This second team game that I played, um, it was against Ultram Curzel. Ultram Curzel, great, um, a great club. But second team rugby is such a level down. Even if you're playing a club a level up, the second team rugby is such such a level down. I thought I've wasted so many years in my early twenties playing second team rugby. Goodness me! I, I I missed the boat. There used to be one rugby match which I would have loved to have taken part in. There used to be a. Uh, BT Sport versus Sky. Man. I know yeah. we were invited to this. Yeah. We we're going to play yeah. for uh, BT. It never happened. No. Um, Sky, no, Sky was not anymore. I, d- I don't know. It's just I think it's just one of those that fizzles out, fizzles out. But that would have been no, no. Uh, Sky bottled it big time. I <laughs> 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 weren't interested. Any any one man in particular? All of them. All on <laughs> <Yeah>. mass. <laughs> right, we've dodged it enough. Scotland yeah. Island. Oh yeah. Didn't right, well, it. I'll tell you what. Let me bridge the gap between the two games that are worth talking about. By starting 
I mean, you mentioned there was a couple of uses of the TMO which were a little questionable in the England game. Potentially, Johnny May hooked an arm round Untermack for the pen, for the uh, for the Farrell try. Yeah, I'm, pen, I'm okay with try, that one. The penalty, penalty try, not not really a penalty try. Yeah, because the ball had already passed. So the the Johnny May hooking the arm for the Owen Farrell try. Far, yeah, Farrell try. Fine, let that go because I don't think it would have affected it. I don't think it should have been a penalty try for Ashton because he's missed the ball. Yeah. He's then tackled. And even if he managed to gather it from that situation, Entomac and others were all around him. Yeah. So I think I think uh, Nigelians jumped the gun on that one. I agree with that. Uh, however, it was pretty good on the whole in the England game. Uh, that aside, and I don't like laying into refs and TMOs, but I thought it was dreadful, Ireland-Scotland. With Roman Poit. I thought Roman. I thought Roman Poit was really poor. The the use of so you flagged it on Twitter, but the the use of um, the advantage oh was was me. interesting. There was one in particular where Ireland had a penalty advantage on the ten meter mark. Uh, in so it, just inside Scotland's half, they then had a two on one that Carney blew. So it was Jacob Stockdale and Carney going on. I think it was. Um, King Horn at that point that they blew that should never go back for the penalty that should be sorry lads you've had your chance you've had a clear you try had a scoring, to score yeah a clear try scoring opportunity the advantage is over you've lost it and so that one in particular I thought was it was the wrong application and wrong out and that outcome. happens a lot and that, that really bugs me it happens a lot like it, it can you made you make a material gain um, in territorially and then you have an opportunity which you mess up. Yeah. The 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 penalty isn't a safety net. Yeah. That you can go way back for. And I thought he did that a bunch of times, and, and it bugs the bugs the hell out of me. But also there was a lot of knock on advantages. Which well, how, how much more advantage do you want? Twenty <laughs> thirty meters, and you go back for a knock on advantage. Yeah. You're you having a laugh. That is nonsense, actually. <clears throat> um, I, I how th- much advantage should be played then? I, I didn't see it, so I don't well, know. So, so, so knock on advantage, I say because it, it was not even a phase, a pass, go play on. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's taking the place of a scrum, which yeah. is just a way to restart the game. Certainly, so. if you get over the advantage line, yeah, it, knock the, on should be either over gone. the gain line or one phase is fine by me. And and, and penalty advantage, it, it's, I mean, you it, it's that empathy, and you've got to feel it. But it's it's this this. Keeping the penalty advantage for so long, and when there's territorial advantage, and particularly the times it bugs me the most, and you see it a lot, and there was, like exactly as you described, Carney to, to Stockdale, they blew it. They could have scored a try, and they blew it. it was yeah, their own yeah. Carney did that a couple of times actually. There, there, were, there are times in games where there's a penalty advantage, a team drop the ball over the try line, and they go back for penalty advantage. <laughs> like, how much more advantage yeah. do you yeah, want? Yeah. So England had that. One with for the Bamba high tackle, and I thought, well, you know, they've be- they've pretty much scored a try here, and if they haven't scored a try, yeah, that's advantage over for me. Yeah, yeah. But they would have gone back for that advantage. So but, yeah, they're actually, they can the be high tackle was inside England's own half. Yeah. So <laughs> I'd, I'd say I'd rather France have the ball. Uh, scrum on, France on, on the five meters. Yeah, exactly. What, what do you want, boys? Yeah, yeah. So they, so I, th- I thought but, it was poor. Also, the, the use of the TMO. <sighs> You said the TMO was was there was one the the Johnson attempted try that was disallowed. Um, now 
actually the right decision was made. There was a knock on about 25, 30 metres back. However, the referee, and I thought we got this sorted in the summer with the, the relationship between the referee and the TMO. The TMO is just there to to do what the referee asked them to do. Roman Poit said, I just want to check if there was a knock on over the line, scoring the try. And the TMO took it upon himself to say, no, I've seen a different knock on 30 metres back. Yeah, it, Let me it, show you that. Forward pass. Uh, forward pass, yes. Yes, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, you're right. And And so the TMO went over the referee's head and I mean fair enough it did actually happen but it just it was like come on yeah. we've been through this yeah um, so well, there, there were some other refereeing decisions or refereeing decisions and non-decisions so there was the Carberry forward pass yes which was a phenomenal pass uh, it might have gone forward but momentum law it was a perfect pass it was a brilliant break interestingly the same people on Twitter <laughs> here we go week, oh oh buckle up boys <laughs> <laughs> too, right? So last week, the pass to Henry Slade for a try, which was a wonderful try for England. And Here we go. Was a back, oh was a was a legal pass, but due to the momentum law and due to the laws of physics, the ball travels forward despite being a legitimate rugby pass. Um, a lot of Irish blog, and I'm not going to say fans. There was a few fans, but actually, no, they are fans. You can't no, say yeah, that. No, you no. don't get to dictate who no, are, who the fans no, are. No, do you know the main offenders are people like balls.ie and and three red kings and hang pe- on people like this no 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 you can't have it both ways you can't on the one hand slam the bbc because they're non-commercial and so on and so forth and then slam these guys because they're just giving people what they want and they do want it and they do believe it especially okay. people like three red kings they're, they're genuine fans yeah they are genuine fans but as a result <laughs> as a result when 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 the laws the laws of physics don't apply don't uh, don't apply and they don't believe, does, they don't but they they think the earth is flat when England can I, can I have a, a pass and and then suddenly are completely silent Why on, does it on a Joey Carberry pass that that if if they want the same laws applied as in the ball has to literally travel backwards to be a backwards pass well Carberry's was way further forward uh, why does it matter both of them are fine why why both why, why do fine. you care why? I know. I really need to get. You don't off need the, to. Yeah. You don't I need, need to get off the Twitter. It's fine. I really you do. It's fine. Honestly, nobody needs to worry about it. They're, they're both perfectly okay passes. Oh no, no, no I know. <laughs> I know that. They they don't, don't realize. Don't, don't, don't worry about them. Don't, don't you're worry. Right, you're right. Don't you're worry. Right. Actually, do you know what? You're absolutely right. There and we go. Of all the times of year, the Six Nation is the one where you can be most one-eyed and biased partisan. Because I, I actually, it's the one time of the year that I wouldn't mind or I don't mind listening to say. Jiffy or Brian Moore commenting on Wales and England, respectively. For God's sake! Yeah, yeah. So, they kicked it away again. <laughs> um, he had a. Um, so I, I watched the highlights, the BBC highlights after watching the ITV coverage of the England game, uh, and there was one time where <laughs> I can't remember what he was saying, but he was basically ranting at um, Uge. What are you doing, Uge? Where are you, Uge? Where are you? Uh, yeah, I would hate to be a French commentator this weekend. <laughs> no, I, I've got to say, I quite like the Irish con- the Irish content because people obviously like it. They, they you know they download it in their absolute droves. But, but, uh, uh, but what I want to know is, do, do they believe what they're saying? Because I, I like to, th- I'm I'm not saying anything to try and get clicks or downloads or get Ooh, people talking. About I don't know about that. I mean, I've seen our Twitter. I've seen our Twitter <laughs> over the last few days, and I wasn't sure if I was, if I was reading Wales online. <laughs> I mean, was, Wales, what's, what is this? So no, I'm, no, not, so I'm no, not sure. No, no, no. So on, okay, fine. Twitter's a very different beast. <laughs> on our podcast, right? I don't say anything that I don't actually believe. Yes. 
but I what I can't. Yeah, but I, I don't say anything which I don't believe. It doesn't make it right. No, no, no. But like, I, and and I, I don't want to call out other professionals. Get them, get them, Tim. No, 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 no you fine. Go for it. So, for example, Alan Quinlan. Yeah, go on. Alan Quinlan, when he, he will go off on one when he sees some foul play, but never when it's an Irishman doing foul play. Different rules, mate. Different and, rules. And, there's, and I'm sort of split between actually loving the partisanship, as, yeah, yeah. as Phil just said. Perfect and, and, time of year for and, it. And just getting really frustrated at the... I can't... You're not credible if you don't... If you can't do it both ways. Do you know, I, I maybe I'm deaf to... Sort of, I don't really hear that. I mean, if it's really obvious, like the Brian Moore one. But, I mean, that's so obvious. It's famous. Like, I don't really hear Jiffy being that partisan, which sounds ridiculous to anyone who well, listens. But okay. I, I don't... So here's an example. Uh, there's My Twitter timeline has not been full of gifts of Peter O'Mahony God, taking out Stuart Hogg. And no mention was made of that in any commentary of... Uh, uh, on any Irish commentary of Peter O'Mahony taking Stuart Hogg out of the game. Don't I'm actually matters. I'm actually fine with it. I don't I yeah. don't think there was so, any I think it was yeah. all right. So I, I, say I was, was going to mention that and one other incident. So I actually think Peter O'Mahony was trying to pull out. Yeah. I, I think he's trying to wrap his not wrap his arms around the player. He's trying to wrap his arms around himself to get himself to out of the way. Duck yeah, his shoulder yeah. out of the way. I'm fine I, with I that. think there was no case to answer there. I think he probably should have got a yellow card uh slightly later on in the first half I think where he just cynically lay on top of yeah. Scotland Rook five yards out. He knows he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. I'm far more irritated by the cynical not rolling away or killing the ball than but I am by a late shot. Play the ref so if I was an island fan I'd be saying that is absolutely perfect. You've you stop the stop the momentum, stop to try scoring opportunity and you've only got away with a penalty. Yeah, well done. Well done. That is that is perfect. World class. Yeah, world class flanking play. That is superb. Yeah, I want to be yellow. That, that to me is a yellow card all, yeah. all the oil. Uh, but, that but, but, annoys but me much I, more. So I didn't see any gifts of that. But actually, just for the record, I, I, I think Pete Romani was fine on the, on the thing with Hogg. I agree with you yeah. on the one on the try line. But I saw so many gifts of... Oh, and there's so many articles now. Oh, look, look at teams targeting Johnny Sexton. It's outrageous. And and the one where Johnny Sexton takes it right up to the line wow. and, put, and puts stockers. They really through. got to you, haven't they? Put stockers. <laughs> he, uh, he put, Are you John, looking for people's votes? <laughs> uh, so Johnny Sexton beautifully put stockers through on an inside ball and then got smashed. Was Good. It De- was it Dell who smashed? Yeah, him? totally legally. Again, hundred yeah. percent. He was. He was totally Sexton, committed. Sexton plays the the way to play as a fly half is to put your body on the line because yeah. you draw in defenders. Yeah. And he if, does. if he'd have given that pass. Half a second earlier, so he doesn't get smashed. Stockers isn't through. Yeah, but oh, my boy Stockers, what a try that was! So Roger Grace tweeted us uh, and said, "Sexton smashed a bits fairly or not?" Yeah, because he's on a rugby pitch. Yeah, so exactly. it, it wasn't. It wasn't late. Dell was committed. Exactly. He he knew that by drawing him, he would put Stockers through. I think I think that was fair. I, I think he was targeted, but I think it was all above board and fair. Uh, in in the same way that the best players are. Do you know a, a little bit of it, JB? Uh, and um, I, I think what it is is I'm I'm slightly defensive of my sport in general. I'm red. I'm ready to go because last week there was all the there was all the rubbish about um. Oh, what was all the controversy after the England game? People go oh the Manu Tuolangi hitting the ruck. Oh right, okay. The now now we hit. can get out. So 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 I think this is so <laughs> this is ba- <laughs> so, so this is basically wh- where this is all coming from is things like Manu Tuolangi hitting a ruck. Um, 
becomes suddenly the, the, the bone of so much well, contention the, the, well, for people after right? the game. And uh, you know, God, God forbid that you that you criticise Ben Ryan because if you criticise Ben Ryan, I know you'd never do that because you used to play with did, Newbury. Did you? Oh, I, I've run yeah, yeah, that before, yeah, but I, I used to play under Ben Ryan, right. yeah. So he started this rather annoying trend, which is the ruck is like the Wild West. Now, every time I see someone hitting a ruck badly, I can say, is it legal, is it illegal? But every time I see it, I don't think that's a Wild West. I, I look at that and I think, that's a perfectly reasonable decision if you want to clear out a man. Whether it be legal or not legal, I can see it being a, re- being a reasonable decision. So all we are clogged up with now... Are people talking about how dangerous the ruck is? It needs to be sorted out. Uh, I remember a few years ago when uh, scrimmaging was going to lead to 50% of the population, including non-rugby population, ended up paralysed. So, like, these things get so, you know, they get so hyperbolic that they no no longer matter. And the ruck is exactly that now. So Manu Tuolangi hitting this ruck, it's just a symptom of this annoyingness that we have to continually tweak the rules of uh, uh, rules of rugby until there's nothing left yeah and it's it's the mission creep and the re- the reaction to that bugged me so i i, I you're absolutely right and i'm gonna i'm gonna i do you know what? i might just like take twitter off my phone in the <laughs> you've week. been threatening this for weeks sims <laughs> just do it just do it you'll be so much happier i would i really would i've got do you know what? i'm busy i've got so much else on though. there's so much more Valuable. So, and, and so, there's many, so, there's, so many people to correct on Twitter. Yes, yeah. so, and there's so there's so many people that actually that's the problem with it is everyone has this equal voice and actually, I, and I'm not they're say, not equal, are they? And I'm not saying my voice is worth anymore. That's not my point. It's kind but, of what you said. But actually, but actually, you know what? Um, people, pundits, and uh, people that have played the game at a very high level, actually, I want I will listen to them more than some no mark in an armchair who's got Twitter. Uh, yes, I think that's pretty wise. I think that's exactly how you should use it, actually. Yeah. Um, and no one should listen to me either. Scot- Scotland Island. Yes, sorry. Oh, can so I just, just well, on one, more, one, yeah, go on. one more thing on Scotland Island. Um, yeah. Remarkably stupid, I thought, of Greg Laidlaw to call out the ref. That's where I was going with exactly. this. Exactly, well. yeah, uh, yeah. Remarkably stupid. Yeah. It, ju- it, it is just unnecessary to do it in that forum. Does he really believe, and I suspect he does, that Roman Platt does not like Scotland. I think in the heat of battle, he probably at that time did. All right. So if that is the case, okay, and your goal is to win rugby games, and you honestly believe Roman Platt does, does not like you, I would suggest going the opposite way around. Yeah, here. yeah. And not saying, hey, Roman, you don't like us. How about getting to know the names of all of his kids, what he, you know, what he likes to do is, do, do is like a hobby. By the way, not to know the names of his kids so you can threaten him, because that's really, <laughs> you know, that's really dark. I didn't mean that. So you can like ask like how little, Johnny and Sarah are. Little Marie looked good <laughs> yeah. going to school the other day, Roman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still dropping her off at half eight, are you? Yes. Interesting. In the, in the pink dress on Tuesday, I see. Excellent. No, not that. <laughs> right, buy him an apple, you know, do all those things. Become a teach a suck up a teacher's pet. Yeah. I mean, literally, right? Uh I know in my in my league, right, I know that one of the refs is a is a TA army officer. I know one of them is a curator of a museum in Birmingham. I know that uh one of them is a what was he? Well he was he he was he was a school teacher. You've got to know them all. You've got to know all of their names. You've got to be ultra nice all the time. And even when they get it wrong, just nod your head. And actually, even if they get it really wrong, say, that's a really good, really good decision. Well spotted. Thank you, thank you sir. Thank you, sir. 
It is. He's so, a professional. Yeah, Chris Murray tweeted us at Rugby Podcast and said, for the sake of argument, let's agree Roman Poit was terrible. Is there anything to be gained from players saying so? No. no. Well and done. Well I, done, Mr. Murray. I'm certain that Greg, on video analysis Monday morning, he will regret that decision. Yeah. Well, uh, he should have said... Particularly when, he look, when, when there's enough video footage to look at where he, actually he might go, oh, do you know what? I probably left six or nine points out there by not going for the posts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My bad. And yeah, what can you do first? Yeah. Look at yourself and then and work the, outwards. There was some turnover on rook ball in key positions. There was the Hugh Jones um, seat pass to Seymour in the yeah. corner of the first half. If the, it, I wouldn't like to put all the blame on one of those two on either one of them because I think Seymour slightly overran it and Hugh Jones's pass was slightly behind him mm. but if that pass and the timing is perfect it's try time Stockers cannot get across to him that's five or seven points so yeah. those yeah we, we said it I, I made a point about it um, a while ago James Comey the FBI director Ooh. when he was getting criticised by both uh, the Hillary and Trump fans after the 2016 election Um. He was, by both of them, he was a single point of failure because it's far more difficult, it's far easier to point at a single point of failure rather than look at myriad, multiple layers of mistakes and uh, errors. Nuance should be the word yeah. of 2019. Mm. Nuance. Yeah. So it's, I, like, it's, like, it's like people, like, suddenly, again, we're in, I'm, I'm not saying anything politically, but like you would, you would genuinely think that people actually believe the European Union isn't the most incredible, wonderful institution. Oh, God. What are we going here? No, no, that's fine. Okay. I'm just, or, I'm just saying or like, a complete evil institution, or complete, depending, or depending complete, on how, we, exactly, how you read it. Or completely... Or it's, com- it's, <laughs> that's I, think, I, think. I think that's the message we're taking away, is everything's well, binary. Uh, yeah. The, yeah? the best message I'm taking away is, that's, that is why I that's like... I understand it. That's, 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 one of the two. that's why I like my fence. I can, <laughs> sit, I can sit on my fence and I can have a foot <laughs> in both camps and I can see the merits on both sides. Yeah. I new think one. there's new ones. I think Gregor Townsend will be frustrated with Greg Lillard's comments, and I think he will have his team working on some basics that they that cause them to miss points. Yes, agreed, entirely agreed. Although the one thing I think Laidlaw did brilliantly was a bit of shoe pie on Peter Omani when he had hands on the ball in the ruck. It was I love justice. I got so excited about a bit of ruck <laughs> justice that was allowed to happen. Is that because you don't care about welfare? Uh, yeah, it's because I it's because I um I don't care if players have arms or hands or not. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. What if Peter Romani, when he's eighty-five and arthritic, wants to take up the piano? Yeah. What if he can't play snap with his children, Tim, <laughs> or his children's children? Yeah. Awful. What an awful human you are. Um, Ireland. So, Ireland needed a win. Got the win. They got a win. Ireland certainly last year. I was talking them up as, uh, possibly the best team in the world. Definitely World Cup contenders, Six Nation Grand Slam hopes. Do you think this was a return to form? Do you think this was a notable progression? Or do you think this is, uh, we're still seeing a, a an island off colour? The latter. I think they're slightly off green. Um, I'm going to look at this slightly deeper, actually, and say it's just how rugby evolves. Everything has got a certain... A certain amount of time to run. It, it, it's all circular. So when we think the All Blacks are the greatest team on earth, you know, they, they still might be actually, um, there is a blueprint to beat them. And then they lose their confidence and they get a bit shaky and they can lose South Africa and they lose to Ireland again and so on and so forth. Every um, now and again, Australia beats them when they play half a dozen flankers. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it does 
it, it does happen. And Ireland have been shaken. I, you know, we all know what it's like to be in that team who you think is un, is unbeatable. You know, even you know with lower levels, you're going really, really well. And you think oh, we are unbeatable, and you get beat, and it really shakes you for the next game. So they need this win because they need to get back on track. It's a damn good Scotland team, but that's all it is. It's just the like the cyclical nature of rugby, and yeah. it will happen again. The 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 one thing I think when I think of Ireland is they will arrive at a World Cup. Their players will be in in great nick. Yeah, and this is because they won't be battered in the way that England fans, England players, sorry, might be throughout the rest of the course. So of the season. that's a really interesting other point, which is. There is not one system that is correct, and I think we're, we're going to learn this over the next few years. So a few years ago, I'll just go back to the Heineken Cup, where own, I think, was it Lens the only Pro 14 team to make it through to the, through to knockouts? This year, yeah, it's three like, seasons ago. Yeah, it's like, the, it, it's the opposite. You see this period of this, like, this Irish dominance, then all of a sudden you see England absolutely spank Ireland. You think, well, actually, is it right that Ireland rest all, rest all of their players for so long? Were you know, were they slightly rusty? Is that um, is that the right way to way to go to to go about things? So yeah, I, you know, I don't know if if you're right about that going into World Cup. Maybe England are more battle hardened. Another question for this game: mm. whose loss was bigger? Um, both went off in the first half. Sexton Hog. and Hogg. Because <clears throat> um, for me. They're two very capable replacements. Yeah. King Horn and Carberry are superb replacements. I think I think maybe Hogg is right. I just think the drop off between Hogg and Kinghorn is far greater than Carberry and Sexton. And and you talk about barometers of Scotland performances. How many times has he been man of the match in a famous win? Yeah. It, he always feels like he's a, a second away from a hamstring pull. Or a second away from Breaking the line and going 60 metres. Yeah, one he's, of the two things just, is going to happen. He's just on that edge, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah pr- probably Hogg. And actually, and that's that, that again, is a, a compliment to Carberry. Yes, massively. And Carberry, who, one of his first involvements was to throw an intercept pass to Finn Russell, which yeah, led right. to the Johnson try. Uh, I, after that, he was superb. I thought he played really, really well and controlled the game excellently. So yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think Hogg was actually a bigger loss. I was I was surprised when Maitland came in for Kinghorn mm. on the wing, but maybe he does offer a bit more versatility. Did what? Did Rory Best come off the field? Uh, for Cronin, mm-hmm. towards the end, I think. Yeah, I think I would be looking towards the end of Six Nations. Uh, here's something maybe not that controversial. Maybe it is. I think I'd be looking for a different hooker to start in the World Cup. So the problem with that is you then need a different captain. Yes. Why do teams do this to themselves? I wonder if like the qualities to be a captain are so synonymous with older players who are nearly about to pack it in that you're sort of stuck with this guy who you're not sure is going to quite be there come the World Cup. It's difficult. I think... I think... I might be wrong about this, but I think uh, best being an Ulsterman rather than a Munsterman or a Leinsterman, does help the dynamics a little bit. Because mm. if you picked a Leinster captain, it could feel a bit too... Leinstery. Yeah. That, well, that, that's exactly one-sided. what happened in Australia. Interesting yeah. Point. So they had... Um, there was there was a lot of chat, wasn't there, about Stephen Moore being captain? Because there was too... He was Brumbies, not yeah, Waratahs or Reds, too, was it? too much representation from Waratahs. Yeah. Oh, maybe the Reds were good then. Maybe it was that. Maybe it was Reds and Waratahs. But there was, there was definitely fra- uh, factions within the Australia camp. So I think 
unless Bess has a monumental drop off in form, which he's not. He is still playing some good rugby. He's not as explosive as Cronin. Never, never, never has been. But I think the balance is is right unless Bess has a yeah a huge drop off. Who's the youngest captain in world rugby at the moment? In like tier one. Farrell, twenty-seven. I mean, I mean, Hartley would presumably be captain Yeed. if he came back, though. Alan wins up there in age. Hooper, how old's Hooper? Twenty-five. No. Oh, Hooper. Sorry, I'm thinking of Pocock. Michael, I did the same thing as um, Michael Hooper. Isn't Hooper the same age as George North? Isn't Hooper the same person? Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Hooper. Is is um. Is that Sabeth? Uh, South Africa. Oh captain. yes, he's very. Oh, no, actually, he's probably is, not that young either. Is he South Africa captain? Uh, I think he is actually. Yeah. And is Pablo Matera? Is he um, Argentinian captain? No. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, surely it's Khaleesi. Oh yeah, of course. No, no, he was captain, but he's not Springbok captain. He was match day captain. I'm he's sure Springbok captain. No, no, he he did. He has captain Springboks, hundred percent. He is the captain. I'm sure, he's not. He I'm is. Sure, it's Azabeth. No, he's the captain. Well, they're, they're the both. Captain. They're both 27 anyway. Okay. Same as Michael Hooper, same as Owen Farrell. So anyway. Uh, is Pablo Matera? Ooh, he's 25, Matera. And is he captain? I, I, I seem to think he is. And to think, Leicester Tigers let him go. It's yeah. all right, Leicester Tigers are absolutely stacked in the pack, so they're fine. Well, they brought in the Crusaders lad that you mentioned last week. Yeah, who is... Jordan... Tau, uh, not for Tau-fau? this podcast. We'll talk about it next podcast. Tua Fua. Let's talk about it next podcast. Yes. Okay. We'll talk about that on the domestic pod tomorrow. I think that's it then for the uh, the international, the Six Nations pod. Mm-hmm. Did you see any of the other, the ARC, American Rugby Championship? No, I saw none of it. Uh, I, oh, just, I saw I, one I, I tell you what I did see. I saw a scrum yeah. between <laughs> Brazil and Canada. Oh, I'm going to look at it now. It's Oh, it's sexy. <laughs> that Brazilian scrum. Oh, wow. Wait for it. Oh, my word. Just complete destruction, isn't it? Amazing. They're practically running the scrum down the field. Do you think there's going to be any any championship coaches looking at those... uh, Looking yeah. at his props, Tim. I would, I, I would imagine so. I, I, I yeah. know we know one quite well. Yeah. Do you reckon that? Do you reckon that? Do you reckon they'd be interested? I reckon they might be. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, so, um, Argentina fifteen, not Argentina, but a fifteen from Argentina. Yeah. Hammered United States forty-five fourteen. Yeah. There was a live, um, live stream on YouTube. I watched a little bit of it. Did you? Yeah. How did they go? Um. Not from what I saw, not great to be honest. It was mostly Argentina. <laughs> uh, Paul Lazicki got a red. Yeah. Oh God, there's quite a few cards uh, yeah. in this. <clears throat> right, I think we've I think we've uh, exhausted all the fuel we've got on this Six Nations podcast. I'm going to go and delete Twitter. Yes, <laughs> well, I bet you don't. But we are at Rugby Podcast right there. Well, let's see if you delete it by our next podcast, shall we? Yeah, and uh, uh, you can find us there just as you, you can find us everywhere else. Don't forget to hit subscribe, tell your mates, get yourself a Cornerstone Razor, and we will see you on the domestic podcast next time. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.